Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. Hello and welcome back. Everybody, <laughs> uh, we always come on laughing. Uh, we do, we do, because we you, you always do something to make me laugh, or vice versa. See, see early on when we were when Chris was going to edit, and we were really oh, yeah, going to put things big, together. Big, big plans. Hold on, Chris is taking a selfie. No, I'm not actually. I was looking something oh. up. Oh my god! He would always start with the uh, like the what do you call the the board a, a slate the slate of like we're starting, so he would know where to begin editing mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did with my hands, almost like big crocodile, so that he could, and that made got, him laugh because it was because we made you. fun of it all the time. Got news for you, just as stupid a year later. Do you realize? I, so here's what I'm looking up. Hang on, hang on. Let me let me not be so quick to talk about. It's this is good. This is good. There'll be just some silence while you're getting. While I scroll hold on, hold on, everybody. Check it, check it, check in the gram. No, um, do you realize it's been a year since we? Uh, yes, since we launched. Yes. Actually, you know I'm, I'm trying that? to. It's been a, it's been a year. Do this you know? episode will be one year. Do you know how I know that? I don't know how you know that because you looked every, it up before we got here. No, because every week I have two pieces of artwork that I send to you, and it mm-hmm. says episode number. Oh yeah. So yeah. we're. So I knew we were around the fifty-two, which would be weeks in a year. Well, we had an extra episode. That's true. And we also lost the episode. So. <laughs> Here we are. Give or take. No, but those don't count. Like, we only have the yeah. number. Anywho. Yeah, no, that's that's smarter than what I was doing. I scrolled through my Instagram. No, I... One way. year. Hey, congrats. I don't know. I don't know what happens. Probably nothing. Absolutely Obviously. nothing. But oh. we did find the lost episodes. I hope you guys enjoyed last week. Yeah. Yeah, and then a couple of weeks we'll, we'll have the other lost episode. Yeah, up. at some point. We kind of just mix and match these and we'll... We've got some in the in the bank, and we'll throw them out to you guys. Yeah. And how are you doing, man? Good. All right, when this <laughs> when this episode airs, my parents will be visiting again. So looking forward to that. You know, and then the holidays. So looking forward to that too. Are you traveling? I'm not traveling. I'm yeah. working. So is this Thanksgiving and Christmas Christmas with mom and dad? Yes, it is Thanksgiving. So, okay, here's the here's the story. Guess who's hosting Thanksgiving? Me. So more than mom and dad coming? Yes. So that's how. Uh-oh. So here's how it happened. I I didn't realize what I was getting myself into, but uh, Kristen, her parents wanted to come to Fort Wayne. Oh my goodness! Or that's how we worked it out. And we're, and you know, Kristen's like, yeah, she was all you know, just also in my apartment. You're invited, of course. You know, you and I, my, me and my daughter were invited and everything. And, Somehow, I volunteered to host her parents at my house for Thanksgiving, which I'm I'm thrilled to do with your I'm, family also. Well, no, no, no. It was just going to be us, and then and I, and I'm thrilled to do that. I don't mind. I don't mind hosting. I have the space for it. I have the place for it. And uh, and you love people, and I love people. And then the next morning, I was like, "Wait a minute! I just volunteered to host my girlfriend's parents for Thanksgiving." Oh crap. <laughs> like I've never I've been a part of Thanksgiving, right? I've contributed but I've never hosted. 
I'm like, oh, wow, what do I have to cook? What do I have to do? Oh my gosh, I have to make a turkey. Like I've made a turkey once in my life. And honestly, I cut it up into fours and cook it in the Instant Pot. It was delicious, but I don't think I can do that. Is this one of those, is this going to be one of those events where I, I feel like I want a camera in your dining room uh, yeah. where like you come out like two hours late so here's with the deal. a dry turkey? No, no, no. So here's and- the deal. Here's the deal. So I, no, I got a great recipe for turkey. I've got some recipes from other things. I came up with a good menu that I can do. I'll need some help from Kristen, but I can, I can do this menu. Came up with it. And, uh, but I was going to invite my parents anyways, right? I didn't think they would because it's a long trip and, you know, they were just yeah. out here. And, um, but I invited them and I, I just happened to slip. I'm like, Hey, if you come, I'm going to need some help because this is what I got myself into. <laughs> they happily are coming. That's going to be. So it'll be nice. It'll be the first time our parents are. Nice. Are meeting. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. What do you do for Thanksgiving? I've I've been to your family's Thanksgiving. It's you always have. it's a good time. Yes. Uh two we do ours are separate, the Knabel side and mm-hmm. then the the Arthur side and it's gonna be a a full day. Fun fun day. It's always good to see see everybody and yeah. connect and yeah. Yeah. Well let's well, I mean I I don't I feel I don't feel like we can wait any longer. Okay, okay, I'm, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. What would you like to I would like to introduce why don't you say hello to our, our, our guest here, Mr. Robert Johnson. Yeah. Mr. Robert. Mr. Wow. Yeah. Robert and I, I go little, little ways back. Yeah. Yeah. Back to September 2011, I believe. Whoa. It wasn't 2011. Yes. It was years. earlier than 2011. No, no, no. We, we just hit our 10 year anniversary in Fort Wayne. Oh well, so, congrats! I thought you were yeah. going to say ten year anniversary with for, knowing for Chris. That's a wait, wait, it was the same. Not, it, not many people get there. <laughs> no, <laughs> we it, have is our, been, it is our ten year anniversary. Yes. Yeah, and we have been estranged. Yes. on a yeah. couple of different occasions. But should I be here for this? I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you guys are having this intimate moment together. <laughs> so Robert and I met at Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. We'll start at the same time. Robert is. Can I attempt? Can I attempt to give bullet points of your resume real quick? Um, I would love to hear those because that will help me. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to miss story. a few. Yeah. So missionary, mm-hmm. husband. Okay. Father. Yes. Friend and lover. Yes. All those things. Um, no, no, but you were a missionary for a while. Mm-hmm. You're uh, a recording engineer. Yes. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Famous blues artist, apparently, too. Yes, back from, in the, about 100 years ago. 100 years ago. <laughs> no, no. But a killer guitarist. Yeah. Have a guitar from Gibson. Uh, your own. Your own. Yeah. Okay. Are you um, serious? No. Oh, There's dang. a famous blues artist called named Robert Johnson. Oh. This this joke goes back 10 years. Actually, this joke goes back 100 years, but whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> author. Correct. That's about it. No, no, there's more. There's more. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, there's more, right? Oh, there's Bur- so much more. Yeah. There's the barista. No, I feel like you were for a I'm, minute. I'm drinking coffee. You're drinking coffee. Okay. Uh, I was a banker. That's exciting. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know about the banker days. No. 
Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Incredible entrepreneur of not one, but two incredible beverages. Yes. That's, that's, the, how could I have forgotten yeah. that one? Yeah. Yeah. Barista beverage. I know that's what, that's, that's what I was thinking. Same, same, same he, role. He started a kombucha company and then. Well, kombucha. Oh, it's not. So please pronounce it correctly if you're going to yes. talk about it. That kombucha, Get after him. The kombucha? Is that what it is? Oh, the kombucha. Oh, I want to drink that kombucha. <laughs> no. It's not, it's not. Kombucha? I've always said kombucha. Okay, well, you're then wrong. Then you've always I'm been wrong. wrong. I've always been wrong. <laughs> uh, he started a kombucha, kombucha company. Thank you. You're welcome. You. <laughs> and, uh, and then another, another, uh, uh, fizzy beverage company. Yes. And what, well, I miss, I know I'm missing stuff, but that's a Hydroponic long list. Hydroponic farming. Well, we're going to get to that. Okay. Yes. That's, that's the most exciting part. Yeah. And you've done a lot is my point. I've done a lot. And most people are confused mm-hmm. with my story when, when they, um, when I, when I, when I tell people what I'm doing, they, they have no clue. Like, how did you get to that point? <laughs> yeah. And when I look at it, it all makes sense. Because again, I think, um, you know, when you're in the moment, it is hard to kind of uh, figure things out, but we'll get to there. Sure. And I, hopefully when I tell it, it'll make sense the transition from uh, one thing to the next. Okay. So that's my story. Thank you for having me on. All right. Well, hey, we'll see you guys we'll next week. You <laughs> <laughs> You're about to say something, Kylie? No. Oh, all right. Well, this is Kylie and Robert's first time meeting. Yeah. Impression so far, Kylie? Seems pretty awesome. I can't wait to hear... The story. He's got from story. all the things. Yeah. The, and the beautiful thing is that all three of us actually have beards and are bald. So <sighs> I do feel that that is home. Nice. like I'm, I'm home. Good. Robert and I, uh, have connect, have, yeah, have had, have had periods of just not connecting and then always connect in the most like serendipitous times yes. and moments, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, really, really good. Like, it's just, I feel like, I think we even commented once, it seems like the Lord always brings us into each other's lives during a period of incredible transition. Mm-hmm. Um, never a bad time, just a transitional time. And I feel like one of the markers of that for each other is like, oh, I haven't seen Robert in a year. There he is. Oh, crap. I wonder what's going to change next. (laughs) 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 Or vice versa. And every every time that's exactly what – I mean, like you you might as a listener think that's – Chris is being funny. No, that's that's actually the truth. Yeah. So it's been good. It's nice when the Lord puts people like that and pads like that to kind of help encourage each other and grow each other and – and just yeah, be there for one another during during transition. So. Yeah. Well, Robert, now that you've had that grand introduction, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh boy, where to begin? I'll, I'll banker, start, start with banker. Uh, no, 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 no. So I'm going to start back when I was a kid. Um, you know, I had a normal childhood. Grew up in Texas on the coast. Normal parents. Uh, we had just, I believe, you know, we had just paid off our house, added on to our house. My dad got a promotion and something weird was happening within them. Uh, they felt called to a communist country and uh, just, and this was a process probably when I was about 11 years old was when they felt this. And um, 
all of a sudden, you know, these, these in the news, you start hearing about the Soviet Union collapsing and things are a mess. And we knew that was where we were going to end up. Mm. And, you know, this is in the early 90s, 1991. Things are falling apart over there. And so we ended up actually uh, in 1992 as some of the very first American, not American missionaries, but missionaries, like American missionaries in the Ukraine. Wow. Now keep in mind, I think it might be easy for us, you know, in retrospect to like gloss over what that would mean. But, you know, in that era, you know, that was the U.S.'s greatest enemy, you know, the Russians versus the Americans. And so, you know, leading up to that, transition of us leaving you know we had family that were like you're you're more what are you doing why are you taking your children to that place Mm. and you know we got on a plane we sold our house sold everything we owned our cars i believe our house sold in like three days wow and again you know just god's hand on every step of the way ended up over there for a year Loving people, you know, living in neighborhoods with, you know, other Ukrainian Russian kids playing soccer. You know, they'd teach us how to play soccer. We'd teach them baseball. And the thing that, you know, struck me the most was everyone on every corner, every part of the world, we're all the same. Mm. You know, back home. People thought, you know, this is my enemy. And for me, it's like, you know, these are my friends. Life-changing year. And it all, and I guess this is like a precursor to the rest of my life in mm. that, you know, we're, we're living and we're enjoying. And I was having the time of my life in the Ukraine when all of a sudden my mom got sick, her colon ruptured. And again, we're in this, you know, third world country with, you know, hospital equipment from World War One, World War Two, And the doctors are like, we can't do anything. We don't even have pain medicine and wow. she's going to die. Wow. And to be a 13-year-old boy, you know, watching my mom die in a foreign country, you know, traumatic. Um, I remember coming in to the kitchen one night when my mom was in the hospital and my dad, you know, was just at the table crying and I'd never seen that before. Um, my mom's alive today. So <laughs> I had to keep you on sus- in suspense there for a <laughs> few moments there. <laughs> but, you know, to, you know, she recovered. And again, it was miracle after yeah. miracle. You know, the doctor who was an atheist you know, as we were leaving the hospital, you know, my mom recovered miraculously when she shouldn't have. And he's like, um, can you leave me one of those Bibles? Please? Come on. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Because, and he knew he had wow. nothing to do with her recovery. Wow. And here we are, you know, what is, how long has it been? You know, my mom's alive and well. And, you know, then from there, you know, coming back to the U.S. because, you know, she did need to go seek 
professional medical help. <laughs> um, you know, leaving a land that I didn't want to leave and coming home to the U.S. and then reverse culture shock. Mm. You know, my life was never the same from that point. I think many people, when I run into them today, they don't understand because, you know, we're very, you know, coming up on the holidays like we are now, I'm such a minimalist. We don't even, we, we won't even put up a tree. Not that I see anything wrong with that, but when you have lived in a third world country in poverty and to come back to the consumerism, I mean, it, it was hard yeah. to adjust. It was harder to adjust to coming back to America than going to an mm. impoverished nation. Wow. But that set the stage for the rest of my life. Uh, I think one, it was trust in God, no matter what is happening around me. And two, um, well, I don't even know what two is. <laughs> it's like <laughs> number one is so important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, life got back to normal and I hated it because I didn't want normal. You know, I, I had seen the craziest of things in a foreign nation as a 13 year old. And how do you go back to like normal? Mm. And my heart was always drawn overseas. And, you know, I, you know, I went through high school, went to college, got out of college. And I was just, I was depressed because I felt there was such a bigger world. I had seen it. And I was just, I was working in a video store. Um, Little point number that was one. The yep, thing. Yep. <laughs> and video store drawn to like Asian cinema for some reason really wanted to go just on a trip by myself. I was lonely, awkward still, didn't know how to date, you know, and, um, video store ended up closing and I'm just like, what do I do with my life? Got into banking, which was the peak of my life. Not, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, just hated what life had become. You know, here I'm sitting there at home. You know, I go to work in a bank. I'm a banker selling a product I don't believe in and going home and watching like Chinese movies. That was my escape. Mm. Uh, started Kung Fu and it's like, you know, just drawn to Asia for some reason and Injured my foot, broke my foot. And so, uh, this is like the beginning of like internet, mm. you know, dating and websites. And I met a woman who was my age also in martial arts. And I had no thought of like being with her because she was on the other side of the world in the Philippines, but we formed a connection. And I was like, you know what? I've been saving my money. I, I want to go on a trip to Asia. Okay, well, I have a connection now. And so I took a trip, I think that was in 2004, to the Philippines. I was like, oh, I have a friend. And got there and fell in love with her. It was there for a month and a half this time of year. Mm -hmm. I left on Thanksgiving wow, of that okay. year. And um, 
came back home after seven. And again, the cycle began again. It's like, I'm depressed. I was just, my heart was over there. And, you know, to have to leave that all behind, uh, went back a year later, you know, we kept, you know, we were, we, I loved her and I told her as much and it's, you know, we want to start a life together, but how do you do that when I'm in the U S and you're in the Philippines, there's an ocean between us and saved up my money again, went back to banking, um, went for another seven weeks and I got there and I remember like I was so afraid of leaving that I didn't even tell her when I was leaving Mm. And it got to the night before my flight home. And I told her, I'm like, I'm leaving tomorrow. And she just broke down because she, I, I kept that from her Mm. and she stayed up all night, just like sobbing. And we're, we're sitting there in the dark, you know, it's 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. I'm like, my plane leaves at seven in the morning. How do I do? Yeah, How do well, I do that? But I I don't want to leave. And I was sitting there packing my bag, and I just felt this sense of you don't have to leave. And that light it, it was this it was this moment that I'll never forget. And I think that's that's when everything changed in my life. Mm. And that. We always have a choice. Every everything we do, we have a choice to to go one way or the other. And I went into the room. She was like on the bed in the dark, crying. She hadn't stopped for hours. And I said, and I sat on the bed next, to her and I said, "I'm I'm going to stay." And she said, "You can't. You have your tickets." And I, I. Pulled out the tickets and I looked at them and I said, I'm going to stay. And I ripped my tickets up and, uh, yeah, that was the turning point in mm-hmm. my life. I think where I, I, I always look back and I, I, there's like a pre and a post ticket rip. Wow. Huh. And, and I stayed for three years. And uh, now that makes me look like the hero. What I what I skip over usually is the fact that my parents were like expecting me at the airport in the US. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so cowardly in that instance uh-huh. that I couldn't tell them. Oh my gosh. My brother was like circling the airport at Dallas-Fort Worth. And he's like, <laughs> where's Robert? And... um and just kept circling, circling. And finally he went into the airport and he's like, I'm looking for a passenger, Robert Johnson on this flight. Like, yeah, he never got on that flight. <laughs> I was the jerk of my family that, yeah. that Christmas. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> so stayed in the Philippines. We moved to Thailand. We got married in the Philippines and. I was going to ask, does, does your wife know about this girl? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to give away the uh, the ending. But. And it, um, 
Yeah, I did marry. Yeah, yeah. We, we married, and we're happily together today. Yeah. All these years later, that was two thousand five. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and so, I, my life. I think the approach I always have taken, and if you understand my story, I think people are better apt to understand why I trust God mm. so much, and I can leave behind things that are either bad for me or that I know had an expiration date and move because I do, I trust God. I, we went to a Thailand. No one spoke the language. Mm. We didn't have jobs, but we knew we had each other. We had God and we succeeded. Um, so yeah, that, <laughs> I think, and, and the, the story is, I think for the rest of my life, that's basically the, um, the gist of what it is. So we had gotten married. We'd gotten pregnant. Um, again, another thing, I didn't want to leave Thailand. I was living it up. We were a king and queen, you know, we mm. were making good money. I was tired of the U.S. I was like, I'm, you know, we can take a trip to Singapore next weekend, fly to Singapore, and come back on Sunday. And uh, why would you want to go back to the hustle and bustle mm. and exchange that? But we were pregnant. She was a citizen of the Philippines. I was a citizen of the U.S. We are living in Thailand. That's like a recipe for disaster. Really? You know, what's going to happen to my child. But also knowing that, you know, the Philippines is one of the countries that has one of the highest amounts of visa applicants to the U S usually takes Filipinos two years, three years, sometimes five years to mm-hmm. get to the U S and we're pregnant. You don't have that much time when you're <laughs> pregnant. We didn't want to go to the Philippines because the, the hospital system. And so we just decided, okay, how about we try and apply for a visa? The worst thing that'll happen is it might take two years, but at least we're getting the process started. Mm -hmm. So we submit the paperwork. She had her visa to the U S in 30 days. And so she, we made that her deadline to fly by two weeks. Wow. So, you know, she was that far along that she, I mean, we hit the window just right. So we came to the U.S., had our baby, our first baby girl. Um, I went back into banking because that was all I knew. This is 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst time right. on earth to be a banker. <laughs> I didn't want to be there. Yeah. And I was in a job that I didn't believe in, and I didn't like. I wasn't wired for. And then we had another baby and I couldn't provide. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? How do we get back to Thailand? How do we get mm. back to Asia? And... Again, it was that sense of being stuck. It's like I've experienced all this 
amazing stuff, this amazing life. And here I am in the nine to five grind of not able to provide and mm. depressed. You know, I can't afford diapers, taking out payday loans, getting stuck with that, and then going up a notch and taking out a loan on my car title. And, you know, we're in an apartment that's hot and crammed, depressed. I can't pay back our car title loan. I remember my son woke up one night crying in the middle of the night. It's like two in the morning. And literally, I, he cried. He was crying because I guess he heard outside a noise. And as I'm standing there, I hear the tires of our mm -hmm. car being like pulled onto a tow truck. And I'm the only one that knows what's going on mm. and have, and feeling like I've got to play it off. But I know right outside my window, our only cars being towed because I didn't pay it. And waking up the next morning, pretending like I don't know what's going on and then walking out the door, fully knowing what I'm going to find but thinking that I've got to play it off as, oh, our car was stolen. And living that lie for months. That's what I'd become, you know, from trusting God <laughs> to being afraid of what my wife will think of me. And, you know, just feeling like a failure. And obviously, it, you make that big of a choice, you're going to get caught, which which I was. And, you know, going through all that and, again, thinking, you know what, it would be better if I just leave my family. My family is better off without me. Mm. You know, sitting in the parking lot of a Walgreens one night and thinking I should just leave because they'll be better without me. I've just made so many mistakes gotten in debt, lost our car, lied about it, all the, all these things. But deciding to go home, again, that fork in the road that you got a choice. The easy option was to go back to the U.S. That first trip, the easy option was to leave. Yeah. But choosing the hard thing. Um, and... That took a lot of recovery and trust rebuilding with my family, not sure. just my wife, but my sure. other family. And um, I remember one day my wife asked me, she said, what would make you happy? Because I wasn't happy anymore. You know, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? What would make you happy? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I want to be somewhere else. No, what would make you happy? If you could do anything, what would you do? And I'm like, well, there was this one job years ago that I tried to get. It's in Indiana, of all places, Sweetwater. She's like, go apply. And I'm like, I haven't even played guitar in like three years. 
they're not going to. And she's like, just try. What, what do they say? And ended up getting the job. And again, that was that, I think, God moment of, you know what? Let's wipe that slate clean and start again in a new land. And that was almost, that, that was more, just more than 10 years ago. That yeah. fresh start. Um, and again, little did I know that, you know, what I thought was like the, the, my, my dream job wasn't a dream job. It was, it was depressing for me again. You know, was, that was not the thing for me, mm. but it got us to where I believe we should be, which is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. And, you know, it was that Sweetwater. That's how I met Chris. We mm-hmm. started together. Yep. Um, the two best and brightest students in Absolutely. our class. <laughs> and we were so bright that neither of us lasted that long. That, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think I was there for about two years. Okay. And, and again, it's that void. It's like, you know what? I should like this, but it's not that something isn't clicking. I'm doing well. I'm making good money, but I'd been through all that stuff that is like, you know what? Money isn't the thing to me. So I left. Um, and again, it's that, okay, if I could do anything, what would I do? I've, I've always wanted to write. And so I set out and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write a book that I've had in my mind. Uh, wrote that first book and the second book that came out about six months apart, I think. And they became bestsellers on Amazon. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, Again, it's that thing of, you know what? If you follow what you're supposed to do, God, I believe, blesses that. Mm. Wrote a third book. I was in the process of writing my fourth when I had kombucha for the... Kombucha or is it... How do you pronounce it? I believe it's pronounced kombucha. Kombucha? Kombucha. You're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. So I tried it. I, I, you know, writing so much and I'd been playing guitar. I started developing tendonitis. Kombucha actually cured that and it got me off soft drinks. And I'm like, is there a local brand? Um, I looked, there was no local brand. And so again, it was that kind of that crossroads of, ooh, segue. Mm. It was a crossroads of, uh, I literally felt God telling me, you know what? I've got an adventure. Do you want to go on an adventure? Huh. This is your choice. You can say yes or no, but if you say yes, I promise we're going to have a blast. And so I said, yeah, I'm up for an adventure. I've been wanting one for quite a while now. <laughs> um, started the first kombucha brand in the region and it became basically that overnight success. It really was. Yeah. Yep. And it was Crossroads. Called Crossroads Kombucha. Yeah. God, excuse me. Kombucha. Crossroads Man. Kombucha. Please pronounce it correctly. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Be respectful of our so, I'm yeah. so, so sorry. Sold that brand um, after, I think, of, of three years or so. Started a new sparkling water brand just to do something else. And sold that brand and went into back into storytelling um, because that's 
and that's the first love of mine. And I had a friend about a year ago who was wanting to start a hydroponic farming thing of all things uh, for adults with disabilities. With my first brand, I had wanted to venture into that. I skipped over that part, but uh, that was something I was looking into. And so it made sense. It's like, you know what? Hey, do you want to help me out with this? And I'm like, yeah, I would like to help you out with that. I love startups. I love the creation of new cool ideas. So I came on board and we launched again the first container hydroponic farming thing in the region. Yeah. What Working, is what is that? Uh, it's farming without soil. So it's water-based. Okay. And we're using shipping containers so we can farm year-round, indoors, you know, creates a safe, comfortable space for adults that have, you know, disabilities like autism. You know, we're working with dirt, working out in the cold or in the heat, just it's not good for them. Sure. And, yeah, we launched that in May, and that's Cass Gardens, uh, a division of Cass Housing, which also they provide housing for adults with uh, intellectual disabilities, giving them independent living, independent work for these adults. And so that's what I've been doing this year, and it's been... It's been such a journey just to be able to launch something that important Mm. in a region that we live in, you know, for adults that typically get the leftovers and yet we're providing them this high-end technology, this, this kind of work that people are jealous of. And it's, we get applications all the time, like, Hey, can I come work and do this? And I'm like, this isn't for you. Mm. You know, this is for them. Wow. You know, this progressive technology, forward thinking that they can be proud of, that it's all theirs. And uh, that is my story in a nutshell. Wow. So that's where we are today. Very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I... It's cool hearing where you've where you where you're landing with this thing, you know. And uh, man, even even as you're telling it, I, I'm not trying to get ahead of anyone or anything like that. But but I'm thinking like, man, what's next? Like, I'm know? thinking that. Me too. Me too. I've, I've heard you're. You said you were looking for a, a replacement host. For the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta get rid of Kylie. He's... <laughs> That's the next. That's the next step. Take over podcast. You're the next jerk. <laughs> You're the next jerk. <laughs> Maybe I'm the present jerk. <laughs> you know, one of one of the things one of the things I remember thinking back to those 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 early days at Sweetwater. You know, we sat next to each other for that three month training period, right? And I, I, I mean, I you know from from introductions, you know, I, I knew you were you know you had a background as a Christian and a missionary, and you knew I had a background in ministry and. You know, but it was, it's the first couple of weeks are always so awkward and, and, and I don't, I don't know if you're going to remember this, but I remember literally everyone else in our class was engaged in a conversation 
about going to a strip club that that particular weekend. No, they left me out of that. Well, so the whole, but here's the here's the thing. The whole class was talking about it. And 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 I remember you just leaning over to me and saying, "So tell me more about when you were in ministry." And just pulled me out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And 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 we just and we just began to talk more uh in a very pointed and in uh um deliberate way about our faith, about our background in Jesus and like, and telling, you know, giving each other few minute versions of our testimonies and, mm. and that, and I, I mean, I don't, you, you, you don't remember that, I don't but, remember but, that. but I, I remember no. that very clearly because it was just like, I felt like you ever, you ever see those movies where like, uh, you know, the, the, you leave the alien ship and you're on like a foreign land all of a sudden like the, the tractor beam comes and sucks you out of it. Yeah. That's what it was like. So I was E.T.? Oh man, yeah. Does that make me the little boy, Elliot? Yeah, right. ET and Elliot. <laughs> so, anyway, I just—I I don't know. I just remember that. That 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 always that always stuck with me. That I that, appreciate that. Yeah, because. that moment of just man, God for both. You know what? What is you know First Corinthians? Uh, you know that God doesn't test us beyond what we can bear, but with every temptation gives us a way out. Yeah. That right there in that moment, that was that way out for me. Well, wow. right, and and you know I, I'm. You know, super open about my own background and my struggle with lust and pornography and this and that. And God just gave me a way out in that moment through you and through his testimony. Right. That that was just a cool, that was just a cool thing. I never, I never forgot that. That that is fascinating because again, I I think this is a good point to make. um, And I'll try to keep it quick, but, but you know, so often we have no idea how God is using us. You know, a lot of times we pray, you know, God use me in some way and we don't see anything. We don't see the fruit of that. I mean, how long ago that's been more than 10 years. I didn't know that. I I don't think I was even intentionally trying to redirect the conversation, but that's what it did did for me. Knew that that's what was going on. Yeah. And I, I do imagine someday in the great beyond, you know, that's what each of us will find is that, you know, all these people that we mm. had even maybe just a brief run in with, it's that, you know what, you helped me with such mm. and such. And we never even knew throughout our yeah. whole life. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. There's our friend. Now we're going to be back next week. And, uh, we have, you know, we're going to continue our conversation with Robert, but we wanted you to meet him. We wanted you to, uh, hear, hear his story. Yeah. I've got kinda, a bunch of questions here. Yeah. A bunch yeah. of things I want to <laughs> dive deeper into. Well, let's, that, what a great, what a great story. Well, tune, tune in, tune in for the next, tune in, tune in, tune in down, download are the you, next one. Are you, are you from the 1950s? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all for this show, folks. Turn the dial back to. <laughs> Come a- back. AM 770. Turn your, yeah. turn your podcast or Spotify whatever. On just, or whatever. Just come back next week. Listen, listen next week because we're going to continue this incredible conversation with Robert. Get to dive in a little bit more to, uh, to his story and, uh, what, what, you know, what we can learn from that. And, uh, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. All right. See ya. Peace.